Good evening and welcome to Entertainment. I'm your host Andy Sullivan. Um, before we uh, get into anything else, um, I want to um, touch on the passing of Bill Russell. Um, Bill Russell um, was a center for the Boston Celtics in 1956-69. He was a five-time NBA MVP, 12-time NBA All-Star, centerpiece for the Celtics dynasty that won 11 championships in his 13-year career. Um, Russell and Henri Richard of the NHL are tied for the record for most championships won by a North American sports athlete. Russell led the San Francisco Dons to two consecutive NCAA championships in 1955 and 56. He captained the gold medal winning U.S. national team in the 56 Summer Olympics and is considered to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Um, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of things that will be said about Bill Russell, a lot of um, a lot of sportscasters will pay much better tribute to him than I will. Um, he he was at the forefront of um, so many things. Um, there will, I'm sure there will be things that come to light that I didn't know about. Um, I will not expand or expound. Is it expound? On them, I'll let um, the boys at uh, PTI and Around the Horn, guys who deal in sports for a living to uh, talk about that he uh, he was retired long before I got interested in um, I think even basketball much less the NBA which um, I gotta say that college basketball is more of a bread or more of my um, what I'm interested in um, but um, Bill Russell, you know, he's uh, he's going to be missed. Uh, one of the great, greatest Celtics of all time. Not just one of the greatest Celtics. What? Not just one of the greatest Celtics of all time, but um, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And. If LeBron James ever says he's better, he can kiss my ass. Now, 
let's move on to other things. Um, before we get into SummerSlam yesterday, or last night, or Saturday night, because as I'm doing this, um, as I'm recording this podcast, it has turned over into Monday morning. Now, um, it was announced that, well, I think it was announced a while back that um, Jennifer Hudson will have a talk show on NBC from the Elden from the Elden Generous crew. The majority of Ellen's staff will be on Hudson's show, including um, Andy. His name Andy Lass Andy Lassner. Um, I guess um, <laughs> I guess Kelly Clarkson will have competition for awards now. You know she's uh, she's won the daytime Emmy. I think the past couple years maybe. Um, now. Do you think that there will be any um, race baiting on this show? Any race talk? I mean, Jennifer Hudson is black. Oh, did I say something wrong there? Oh, well. Um, Everybody else does it. Why not her, right? Now, moving on to... um, Moving on to SummerSlam. Quite a bit of history was made. Um... The Usos have released, have released, have reached 377 days as the Unified Tag Team Champions. Um, no one has done that. Mainly because there haven't been Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Champions for as long as there's been a WWF Champion or WWE Champion. Um, they successfully retain their belts against the Street Profits who will either turn heel or break up tomorrow night probably tomorrow night on Raw I say they'll break up um, because well two things could happen they could turn heel and they could go on a run. They'll still never win the tag team titles as long as the Usos are around. Um, or they could stay face. Um, Dawkins could turn on Montez Ford, and Montez Ford could go on a singles run that will eventually lead him to be what everybody's saying that he's going to be is a future world champion 
we shall see. Um, August 30th, Roman Reigns will mark two years as the Universal Champion. He defeated The Fiend on August 30th, 2020 to win the championship. Now, me saying that he will reach two years as Universal Champion is a spoiler alert. Because if you didn't see it, yes, Roman Reigns successfully defended the Universal Championship against Brock Lesnar. And Theory attempted to cash in, but he got his ass beat. Even with he even got his ass beat with the briefcase by Roman Reigns. So I'm thinking it's gonna be a long time before Theory tries that again. Um Edge made his return at SummerSlam, marking his first WWE appearance in 54 days. And also about SummerSlam, uh, before I get into all of the results, um, Michael Cole was probably the best that he's ever been last night. He... He was absolutely unbelievable. And Pat McAfee has or Pat McAfee has definitely revitalized that man's career. Um, now let's get into the rest of SummerSlam. Um, let's see here. Um, SummerSlam 2022 was a historic show. It was the first WWE pay-per-view produced without Vince McMahon at the helm. Um, the founder and CEO of WWE retired in July amid allegations of sexual misconduct. And Triple H, Paul Levesque, Paul Levesque, Paul Levesque, has since taken creative control. SummerSlam was historic in front of the camera as well, featuring the, so we've been told, final clash between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. In the main event of the show, Roman Reigns defeated Brock Lesnar in what could be the pair's best match ever. It was a last man standing match consisting of a, ver- a, verarity, a variety of insanities. Um, a giant track Brock Lesnar flipping over the ring in a giant tractor. Paul Heyman finally taking a huge bump and plenty of interference. While their WrestleMania match overpromised and underdelivered. It was billed as the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. It was not. In fact, the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. This one was the opposite. 
it was far crazier than you would expect, even for a last man standing match. In the truest sense, Roman Reigns was the big winner of the night. He won another big time match, and by the time of his next defense on September 3rd at Clash at the Castle against Drew McIntyre, he'll have held the Universal Championship for over, over 700 days. Drew McIntyre was also a winner despite not having wrestled at the show. WWE is building Drew McIntyre up in a big way ahead of his Roman Reigns. It seems very possible he could be the one to dethrone Reigns. Spoiler alert, he won't be. We can presume that if WWE doesn't take the strap off, straps off Reigns in September, they'll be keeping them on him until WrestleMania 39. I think they'll be keeping him on him until WrestleMania 39, possibly even longer. The only issue is that with that is that both Cody Rhodes and Randy Orton are injured. With them out, Reigns doesn't have any real challengers to tide him over to Mania this season. Um, big things could be on McIntyre's horizon, but I'm thinking that um, we'll go back to the whole. Uh, when is Roman Reigns going to defend the title next kind of thing apart from Reigns the biggest winner of SummerSlam was Becky Lynch Lynch actually lost her match against Bianca Belair but afterwards turned babyface first she shook Belair's hand after the match ending their year long robbery then after returning Bailey and her new faction mates of Io Shirai and Dakota Kai hit the ring, Lynch came to Miller's aid. Um, Lynch has been miscast as a role, as heel in the past year, although I gotta say she has done a great job. WWE short on stars and fans truly have a deep affection for her. Uh, they have they are short on stars that fans have a deep affection for and lynch is definitely one of them the reverse is true for ronda rousey we hate that bitch um she lost her match kind of came in up but came out of SummerSlam stronger after a disputed clash against Liv Morgan, who retained her SmackDown Women's Championship, even though she tapped out to an armbar, and enraged Rousey destroyed Morgan and the referee in the middle of the ring. Rousey is a sympathetic babyface who fights from underneath, is not nearly as, aspect, as effective as the as a monster heel ass kicker, which is more true to what she actually is. Uh, let's see. I said Roman v. Lesnar in a crazy match. Um, we got Cowboy, Bo Cowboy Brock tipping over the ring in a tractor. But before even that, we got... Brock Lesnar doing his own introduction, which was badass, and then tossing in what could be the smoothest move in the night, 
tossing Roman Reigns the microphone from the tractor and Reigns caught the microphone effortlessly. That was unbelievable. As far as the cashing goes, well, um, Reigns um, F5'd theory, so there would be no cashing. And Paul Heyman finally took an F5. Um, the Usos hit the ring, but Lesnar quickly disposed of both with Billy the suplexes by the ring. Paul Heyman interjected again, so Lesnar F5'd, F5'd him through a table. Reigns then blitz a distracted Lesnar with a spear. Theory's music hit. He ran to the ring and knocked Lesnar. Knocking Reigns with the money in the bank briefcase. Before he could officially cash it in, though, left Lesnar F5'd him on the briefcase. The Usos clocked Lesnar with a double super kick. Reigns lands a spear for a nine count. Reigns got Theory's briefcase and beat the shit out of Lesnar with it for another nine. Reigns grabbed the WWE Championship and smashed Lesnar with it for another nine. Finally, Reigns gets the Universal Championship, hits Lesnar with it. Then with the ref still counting, he and the Usos stack the announce table debris and steps on top of Lesnar. Buried under it all, Lesnar couldn't make the count. Now, I got a problem with that because it didn't make the it didn't make sense. Lesnar kept counting as Reigns and the Usos kept dumping crap on top of Lesnar. But they gotta keep the beast down somehow, don't they? Reigns did a fantastic job in the final stretch. Every time he knocked Lesnar down. He sold it like he was terrified that Lesnar would get back up. Great drama. Great match. If it's not a five-star match, which I don't usually go all Dave Meltzer on your ass because he sucks. Um, it was close. Um, Liv Morgan retained the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um... Ronda Rousey mauled Liv, but um, Liv walked out with the championship. After a brief match, Rousey got Morgan in an arm bar, but Rousey's shoulders were pinned to the mat. Just before the ref counted three, Morgan tapped out. The ref didn't see the tap out, so he declared Morgan the winner. I'm thinking that we're going to see a rematch at Clash at the Castle. Riddle and Seth Rollins brawled. Um, we were supposed to see Riddle versus Seth. Um, Seth curb stomped Riddle on the step on Raw, making sure that we didn't see that match. We thought that Seth Rollins was going to do an open challenge at SummerSlam, or at least I did. So I was a little let down that Seth didn't wrestle at SummerSlam. 
but they, I guess they had plenty more matches, so um, they figured they would uh, give him the night off. Well, kind of. Um, Riddle and Seth were scheduled, but it was taken off the card in midweek due to a storyline injury sustained by Riddle. Riddle stormed the ring casual wear, took the mic, and angrily said he wanted to fight Seth Rollins. Rollins made his way to the ring with officials trying to stop him. They fought on the rampway, but in the ring, Rollins quickly got the best of Riddle, laid him out with a curb stomp. Michael Cole put over the fact that with Riddle's spine injury, he was at risk of getting his neck broken. He was not. Um, it makes sense for Riddle or for Rollins to get heat by beating on an injured Riddle, but Riddle came off weak by picking a fight and very quickly losing it. And another um, another match that uh, I knew the outcome to, but I knew it was going to be a good one, the Usos beat the Street Profits. Jimmy and Jay once again defeated Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford to retain their unified tag team championships. After the match, Michael Cole declared the Usos the greatest tag team in WWE history. Okay. Um, okay. An intense claim, but one that makes sense given the Usos tag team dominance. The match was good, but the crowd wasn't super into it. Maybe because they knew beforehand what was going to happen to me. Um, most people, I don't think, bought that the Street Profits would win. Jeff Jarrett, a special referee, also kind of out of place, except for the fact that Jeff Jarrett is from Tennessee. SummerSlam was a Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. So there you go. Had to get a little Tennessee flavor in there. And they weren't about to put Jerry Lawler on the main card. Um, could you imagine if they made him the referee? <laughs> the internet outcry would be insane. He didn't really end up being a factor, um, yet the wrestlers kept angrily reacting to his counts and decisions. Um, I know that a lot of people were expecting him to um, do a guitar shot spot, but he didn't. Um, What's of most interest is what could happen next. Uh, Montez Ford is incredible and appears to be on the verge of turning on Dawkins. Um, the announcers made a big deal of Ford's new bulked up physique and point out that Dawkins himself says he needed to work harder to try to catch up to Ford. Some seeds of the breakup were planted at the end of the match. Jay tried to superkick Dawkins, but Dawkins dodged, and Jeff Jarrett caught Jay's leg. Jarrett spun him around, which allowed Dawkins to play Jay with a spine buster. Dawkins tagged in Ford, who hit a gigantic frog splash for a two-count. 
crowd was quiet for a lot of the match, but gave a this is awesome chant here. Ford lost his cool, yelling at Jarrett for no apparent reason, tagged in Dawkins. Ford attempted a suicide dive but ran into a double super kick. Uso blitzed Dawkins with a double super kick and then a 1D for the win. After the match, the camera focused on the Prophets looking dejected in the ring. A conspicuously frustrated Montez Ford. And uh, he kind of had a pretty dark look in his eyes. So I'm thinking on Raw maybe Tez lowers the boom on Dawkins. And let's just hope that Dawkins doesn't go the way of um, um, what was his name? The former uh, heavy machinery guy. See, I can't even remember the guy's name. Um, but anyway, I just hope that surely they won't fire this guy too. Um, Pat McAfee pinned Happy Corbin. Um, like Logan Paul, Pat McAfee is a natural. He beat Happy Corbin in a solid match, his second singles bat on the main roster. McAfee, <laughs> this was funny. Um, for his entrance, McAfee had a choir sing Bum Ass Corbin during Corbin's entrance, then sing his theme song as he came in. McAfee's wrestling outfit consists of denim shorts, black singlet, and black Nike Jordans. Casual look for a casual guy. McAfee opened with a big super kick on Corbin and a clothesline to the outside. He attempted a superplex, but Corbin pushed him off the middle rope. But McAfee showed his athleticism by black by backflipping off the ropes and landing on his feet. While gloating though, Corbin kicked him with a shotgun dropping. Um, from there, it was all Corbin. As part of the heat, Corbin attacked McAfee on the outside and laid him out on the announce table. In the hugest surprise in wrestling history, Corbin pushed Michael Cole and actually got booed. There was even a light Michael Cole chant. Definitely times are changing. Um, McAfee made his comeback after that. Um, when Corbin was perched on the turnbuckle, McAfee leaped to the top rope and came very close to falling off. Hit Corbin with a superplex for a two count. Um, McAfee tossed Corbin to the outside, got up on the top rope again, and came very close to slipping, losing his balance, but he was able to get his equilibrium, equilibrium enough to hit a senton off Corbin. Um, after throwing Corbin back in the ring, um, Corbin attempted the end of days, but McAfee countered. In doing so, the ref got hit and was briefly taken out. 
allowing McAfee to pay Corbin back for that low blow he hit him on SmackDown, hitting Corbin with a low blow, then followed it up with a code red from the top rope for the win. In other action, the Mysterios beat Judgment Day after Edge returned and distracted them. Um, it was a notice qualification match, yet both teams adhered to tag team rules. Um, huh, that made no sense. They waited on the apron to be tagged. Uh, Rhea Ripley placed around the outside, interfering only once, despite having free reign to help her team. It's like it was. Um, it's like it was a no disqualification match in name only. Really, I mean there was some sh- chair shots, so I guess that provided for the no disqualification part of it. Um, but the reason this was no disqualification match was that it led to the return of Edge who started the Judgment Day faction before being ousted by Balor. A demonic looking Edge made a dramatic entrance rising out on a platform on a ramp with flames spewing out on either side of him then ran to the ring and hit a huge spear on Balor. Edge then set Balor in position for a 619, at which point the Mysterios hit a stereo 619. Ray landed a splash on Balor for the win. Um, the match was okay. Um, started with the Mysterios getting a flurry of offense. Ray eventually got the hot tag, and he's always fun to watch. And um, the match, I think is leading to I think we're gonna get a feud between Edge and Finn Balor I think that's what this is looking I think this is what this is gearing towards and I'm all for it I think it would be a fantastic feud in other action um Bobby Lashley beat Theory to retain the U.S. Championship. Um, he came out, Theory came out to heat. The fans hate him for obvious reasons. I mean, when you um, get away with DMing underage girls and shit like that, and the company turning a blind eye to it, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Plus, having an on-air persona of being an ass, um, that'll get the fans to hate you. And legit hate, probably. Um, Well, definitely. Uh, With Bobby Lashley posing on the turnbuckle before the match, Theory assaulted him with the briefcase. The ref asked Theory if he wanted to continue, and Lashley... asked Lashley if he wanted to continue. Lashley... Heroically rebuffed him. Theory beat down Lashley, but it wasn't long before Lashley powered back with a big suplex. After Lashley nursed himself back to nursed himself back to health, um, 
Theory tried to bail. He grabbed the briefcase and tried to leap. Lashley stopped him, threw him back in the ring. Theory did a rolling drop kick to get more heat on Lashley, but once again couldn't keep the big man down. Lashley attempted a spear, but Theory moved out of the way. Theory tried another rolling drop kick, but Lashley caught him, lifted him up with a military press. He put Theory in the hurt lock, and Theory immediately tapped. Wasn't much of a match, but uh, good character building for Theory. Appear continuing to be a loathsome bastard. Speaking of a loathsome bastard, The Miz lost to Logan Paul. Um, the match was a long one. Miz was accompanied to the ring by Champa and Maurice, who both came into play. First three quarters of the match were okay. We knew we know Logan's a good athlete with a knack for wrestling, so it comes as no surprise that he had impressive offense. The problem is that Miz is not the perfect foil for Paul. Or for Paul, Miz is a good enough to ensue to ensure it wasn't a train wreck, but not good enough to get a great match out of Paul. And it's clear that great match is what Paul was after. Uh, Champa tried interfering, but the ref caught him in the act and threw him out of the match. An indignant Champa got a steel chair and sat down in ringside, daring the ref to force him back. At that point, AJ Styles' music hit. He flew in from the ringside barricade and brawled with Champa through the crowd. Um, back to the ringside, Paul hit a phenomenal forearm for a two count. It was that point that we knew who'd been trading Paul. It was AJ. Miz and Paul fought on the outside where Paul laid Miz out on the announce table. Hit a superstar frog, hit a impressive frog splash from the top rope through the announce table. Rolled Miz to the ring, tried to pin him, but Maurice distracted the referee. Who could not get distracted by Maurice? Did you see what she was wearing? Oh my God. Basically, clear, assless pants, except instead of just assless, they were basically backless. She was more or less wearing stockings, people. It was, it was hot. It was hot. Um, Miz got Paul's chain, tried to swing it at him, but Paul ducked and Miz nearly hit Maurice, who tumbled from the apron. Paul hit a skull-crushing finale for the win. Um, Bailey returned at SummerSlam. Uh, we have a new faction in the Raw Women's Division. Former SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey made her return after Bianca Belair defeated Becky Lynch. Her music hit and she walked to the ramp. Trash talking Belair at that moment. Former NXT star Dakota Kai's music hit and she joined Bailey. Then we got a third. Very exciting main roster debut as Io Shirai's music hit. Um, 
She is now being called Eel Sky for the people who thought that with Vince's retirement meant that the shitty name changes are done. Sorry, but that looks to not be the case. Um, three women confronted Belair in the ring, but Becky Lynch came to her defense, and the new team backed off. Three backed off. Three backing off against two. That always boggles the mind. But anyway, um, as I said, uh, Bianca beat Becky. As a matter of fact, that opened the show. It was a fantastic match. Um, at least four stars. Um, I, here's something that I don't usually do. Um, I'm going to tell you the producers for the matches. Now, the reason I'm going to tell you these is because it's pretty cool because we know all these guys. Um, the Judgment Day versus the Mysterios match, Jamie Noble was the producer. Um, Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey was produced by former TNA star Petey Williams. Um, Pat McAfee versus Bumass Corbin, Baron Corbin, was uh, produced by Chris Park. He was known professionally, of course, as Abyss. The Street Profits versus Usos was produced by Sean Devari. Logan Paul versus The Miz was produced by The Hurricane, Shane Helms. Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory, excuse me, Bobby Lashley versus Theory was produced by Adam Pierce. The phenomenal Becky Lynch Bianca Belair match was produced by Tyson Kidd. Um, Tyson Kidd, he takes a lot of pride in doing a lot for the women of WWE. He's really, he's really produced some great matches. And Michael Hayes produced the Last Man Standing main event in which Roman Reigns successfully defended the Unified Championship against Brock Lesnar. And it will now be Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre Clash at the Castle for the Universal Championship, which um, Roman Reigns will win again. And I assume also at Clash of the Castle, we will see the rematch between Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, moving on from SummerSlam, we go from Saturday SummerSlam to Sunday's um, race the brickyard 
Chase Briscoe won stage one and Christopher Bell won stage two of the Brickyard race. Um, Tyler Reddick won the final stage. This was Tyler Reddick's second Cup Series win. Um, Ross Chastain will be penalized because um, he went a um, little bit, a uh, little bit out of bounds, um, below the line. Um, he will not end up second. So this this was actually the second straight week, as I said, that we've had a disqualification in the race. Um, Points-wise, um, let me see here. Um, Points-wise, um, let me see the standings. Here we go. Um, Chase Elliott is in first with 2,040 points. Second is Ross Chastain. Third is Joy Logano. Fourth is William Byron. Fifth is Ryan Blaney. Wait a minute. Okay, I'm looking at the car numbers. Dumbass. Um, <laughs> Chase Elliott one, Ross Chastain two, Joey Logano 3, William Byron 4, Ryan Blaney 5, Kyle Larson 6, Truex 7, Tyler Reddick 8, Denny Hamlin 9th, Christopher Bell 10th, Kyle Busch 11th, kick that candy ass son out of there, we don't need him, Chase Briscoe 12th, Ryan, or Excuse me, Kurt Busch 13th, Daniel Suarez 14th, Austin Sendrick 15th, and Alex Bowman at the cutoff was six in 16th. Now 17th is Kevin Harvick. Just 96 points out. Um Eric Almarola is next at 156 points out. So uh, we'll see how it shakes out next week. That's, um, that is all that I have got. Let's see, next week, where are they next week? Um, next week. Next week, they will be, um, let me see, now I'm at the 
believe. Um, yes, we will have um, we will have um, let's see Xfinity the New Holland 250 will be Saturday 3.30 Eastern on USA and the Firekeepers Casino 400 will be at 3 Eastern Sunday August 7th on USA now apparently there is no truck race next week um it's not being shown on the schedule here, the, uh, which makes sense because the truck race cutoff was Friday. Um, they really, um, all series will end on the same weekend, which I guess explains the, the, uh, the week off or the weeks off, the, that the truck series get. Um, let's see. That's um, that is pretty much it. Oh, TV wise, um, this week my appointment viewing for this week goes to CMA Fest. It's always been billed as. The, the TV, the made-for-TV three-hour show is billed, I believe, as CMA Fest Country's Night to Rock. Um, it is on ABC for three hours. This coming Wednesday night, August 3rd, and um, all your all your favorites. All your favorites on there. Um, everybody who was, um, everybody who was on CM as at CMA Fest back uh, a couple months ago. Of course, um, of course, I've already seen um, some clips on YouTube. Um, not, not a lot. So. Um, I'll be looking forward to watching this show, and if you're a country music fan, that is my TV pick. Um, CMA Fest special on ABC Wednesday night from 7 to 10. Um, let's see what else. I believe... Um, This week um, was supposed to be, uh, Maren Morris was to be on, um, well, she was to be on, um, let's say she was to be on something, what, uh, Watch What Happens Live uh, with Andy Cohen. Um, I do believe that's going to air Thursday, um, I was looking through the, um, 
the guide, the hopper guide, and the only time I could find it on, and you bet that I set the hopper to record it, was 2.30 a.m., because there ain't no way I'm staying up to watch TV at 2.30 a.m. I mean, I love you, Marin Morris, but no. I need my sleep. Which brings me to, um, it is 12.43. It's about time for me to sign off. Um, I will say that, um, my music pick of the week, um, if you haven't listened to, um, Let's see, what's it called? Uh, if you haven't listened to um, um, let's see. Well, it's not even coming up here. Um, okay, if you haven't listened to "Love Is a Cowboy" by Kelsey Ballerini. Um, listen to that um watch the visual which isn't a visual basically just a video what or is it what is the difference between a visual and a video um okay here we go what is the difference between a visual and a video? Visual um, can be picture, piece of a film, or display used to illustrate accompanying something, in this case, music. Um, But isn't that also a video? Yeah, that really doesn't answer my question. Um, so, if you know what the difference between a visual and a video is supposed to be, would you please hit me up at Andy Sullivan 12 on Twitter or. Um, my Instagram, which is, let's see, what is my Instagram? I'm on it a lot, but I don't pay attention to what my thing is. Oh, here we go. Um, at D underscore Andy underscore S is my Instagram. And um, I will, um, well, probably hit you back um, if I don't know you the, the thing is I wish Instagram would uh, well they will let you send a message when you send a request to follow so if you request to follow me send me a message please and tell me that you'll listen to my podcast and that's how you know about this because 
I get a lot of weird follow requests on Instagram, which I delete automatically. Um, so just, you know, help me out there a little bit. Uh, same thing with Twitter. If you follow, if you want to follow me on there, and maybe, maybe I'm, I'm not locked on Twitter actually. So that's, that's all good there. And, uh, actually while I end, um, tonight was, um, Tonight was allegedly, or Saturday, Sunday night, was allegedly Ric Flair's last match. You know, I've heard that a few times. Ric Flair's last match. Ric Flair's retirement match. I think he's had about three retirement matches, hasn't he? So, I don't know. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Um, Rick... He did say, um, he said, I swear to God, Ric Flair just said, everything you hear about me is true. Holy shit. Okay, man. Um, you know, I'm inclined to believe that, too. Um, I'm inclined to believe that. Um, well, that's, um. That's it for my uh, podcast. That's it for Blendertainment this week, um, this weekend. Um, I hope that you have um, enjoyed listening. Hope you um, hope you share this. Um, and I hope that you will uh, come back and listen again next weekend. And I hope that you have a great week. Be kind, be cool, be courageous, and I will catch you guys in a few days. Um, Enjoy um, wrestling, if you check any wrestling out. Um, Enjoy the CMA Fest special Wednesday, if you check that out. I... uh, I encourage you to it's always those are always pretty good and um I'm if whether or not I get flack for saying this I'm just gonna say that Kelsey Ballerini always looks pretty hot at him um I'll tell you her um her her stylist Molly Dixon man she um she really um she really been bringing it um kelsey has really been bringing it lately um of course i think she has from the beginning of her career but i'm a little biased because i've been a fan for god knows how long but okay that's enough of that um as i say you have been listening to blue entertainment i'm your host andy sullivan uh you guys have a great week and i will see you back next weekend peace out